The Lord is, um, how'd you know it was a fill in the blank? Good job, Ben. The Lord's been moving in different ways in our church in 2023, um, at least in the seven years that I've been here, uh, I, had not, I hadn't witnessed some of the things that the Lord was allowing us to be a part of. Um, movements of the Spirit, manifestations of the Spirit in, in ways that, at least in my experience, have been rare. So rare that, you know, I had wondered, you know, is this really true? Is this really how God works? We've seen healings, not just the slow kind, but the instantaneous kind. We've seen the Lord bring people to our church who have been bound by the demonic in different ways. And we have seen them find freedom. We've (laughs) experienced just a stirring, and I think in our souls, that's different. Even just the privilege of being a part of 90 different people coming to Christ last year, that is pretty amazing. And as I've said many times, I refuse to believe that the reason that the Holy Spirit is moving and working in the ways that he is this last year was because we had finally reached the, the pinnacle of holiness or we finally figured it out in some sense and now he can finally work. However, I'm, uh, uh, you know, I, I preached a message about uh, 10 months ago talking about how unfamiliar I am with certain manifestations of the Spirit and um, the challenge that that is for me to, uh, to not have experienced these things, and some things have at least created some level of theology even against. And yet I can't deny the fact that the Holy Spirit keeps just like pushing those boundaries in me and saying, don't box me up. But that's scary because we don't know what he's going to do. If we're willing to open our minds, open our theology a little bit and say, okay, I'm going to allow you to be the mysterious God who you are and allow you to move in my church and in me in ways that I'm uncomfortable, that's scary. Because he'll do it. On Friday night at Sacred Space, we had a couple more people get healed in the moment. Not because we're great and holy, but because he is. But I also realize um, in conversations with different people that this is stretching us as a church. That it's not just me. That some people are struggling, trying to understand what do we do with this Holy Spirit beginning to do different things. Had this profound and miraculous 
things going on in Jessica Christian's life over the last year and a half now. Not just physical healing, but pouring out of the Spirit into her heart, into her mind. And I've several times now had her come up and share what seems to her and seems to me was clearly from God. But that stretches us. What are you saying, pastor? Are you saying that, you know, God, you know, this prophecy thing, is, a, is Trinity Alliance going to become a church that's about prophecy, about, about all these, you know, crazy manifestations of the Holy Spirit? Like, what do we do with the word of knowledge? I mean, that's so dangerous. We've seen that get corrupted in so many ways. What are we going to do with that? And it's stretching us. And it's hard. And I think it's exactly why God's led me to do this series on spiritual senses. Because I think we, there's many of us that are uncomfortable. And so I want to explore it a little bit with you guys. Like that we could take some time to kind of reflect on what does the Spirit do and how, do we, how are we aware of that? But also I want to start with this admission at the beginning. Like I don't know all that the Holy Spirit and God and Jesus are going to do in our church. I don't know. I have no idea. And, and we might go to a point where all of a sudden you're, you're really struggling theologically with what just happened, having a hard time putting a box around that. Like, what does that mean? It might offend you in some sense. You know, I, I got to tell you, Friday nights, you know, there's a lot of banners waving around on Friday nights when we're worshiping. Now, some of you, that, would, that, that's, that's too, that freaks you out. And I just, I just want to say, like, if it does, like, it's okay to be freaked out. Like, I want you to join me in this exploration of the Holy Spirit and his manifestations and what he's going to do. I want us to, to enter this together, to have those conversations when thump, something does tweak us. Well, what do we do with that? Is that real or is it not? Is it true or is it not? Is it the Holy Spirit or is it not? But I want you to join us no matter where you're at in that. Because it is my conviction that the reason that we have churches that go to extremes in charismatic ways is because they have isolated themselves and so has those who have gone to extremes in the silencing of the Holy Spirit. We think that, you know, that we've got to be around people that believe exactly the way I do. And so if we believe that like the Holy Spirit doesn't move in certain ways, we all gather in one church. And so the Holy Spirit becomes totally silent. And the Holy, even if we give like, oh, Holy Spirit, please come. We sing those songs, but we don't believe it in our heart and we're not open to it. And so the Holy Spirit can't move in that congregation. And then over here, you've got this charismatic church that has no bounds on it. And, and experience and emotion is everything. And so they just go to all these crazy ends because there's no way they're going to limit it. And we need each other because both are extremes. And we've got to be able to worship together with those who are theologically minded and, and struggle with the spiritual things, but also those who are theologically minded but are totally open to the Holy Spirit doing whatever. We need each other. And so I ask you, church, if it gets hard, if it gets uncomfortable, if it's already uncomfortable, stay. Let's have the conversations. 
It has become my belief that awareness of Jesus and of the spiritual realities around us is essential to living the Christian life. But for whatever reason, because we're human, that is controversial in our churches. It's a point of division. If you believe that that the Spirit is active and moving and working and is able to do mysterious things beyond our imagination, then that means you need to be in this circle if you believe he doesn't do those things and that what we have right here is all we need. We don't need the Holy Spirit. We don't need it. Then you're over here in this circle. But we've got to let go of those things and we've got to stop being divided on this topic. And I don't think we need to be. But it takes courage. It takes humility. Are you willing to admit that maybe you don't know everything about God? Depending on your upbringing, spiritual things were either ignored or overemphasized. I'm shocked growing up in the evangelical church how little teaching I received in regards to the Holy Spirit and how he moves and works. The reality is most evangelical churches, which is what we are, are afraid of what we can't control. And so we question everything. I will say that is uh, brought to a whole new level because of the fact that we're two miles away from a charismatic church. Those who have been brought up in the evangelical churches are are, are afraid of the fact that the Spirit blows wherever it wishes, John chapter 3. And that just freaks us out. Because we don't know where he's going to blow. We don't know what he's going to do. But let me say this. Biblical truth and logic are not the same. We have to allow for our God to be mysterious. While we appreciate that God has revealed himself to us, we must recognize as finite beings, we don't know everything and can't know everything and never will know everything about God. Evangelical church folks tend to, uh, when they have experiences they don't understand and are uh, that bump up against their theology, they label it heretical. Charismania. But interesting, I'm, uh, as I've come to know the Pentecostal charismatic side of things, I'm actually shocked how poor their teaching is on spiritual things. For a movement that's all about the Holy Spirit and the the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, you think they would be experts on that, but they're actually not. Because they're afraid of missing spiritual experiences. 
And so they accept everything. Their biggest concern is quenching the spirit. They don't want to do anything that would quench the spirit. Oh my gosh, that would be the worst thing ever. And it freaks them out to think that, oh my gosh, we would quench the spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. But let me say this. Spiritual and emotional are not the same thing. We can have very, very spiritual experiences without any emotion to it. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Just is. Doesn't have to be emotional. It just is. The fact is, God is spirit, and the Holy Spirit dwells within us. This morning's service begins, this morning's message begins this six-part series on spiritual senses. And today I want to start with this basic truth, that God is spirit, and his spirit dwells within us. There are too many believers who deny or ignore the Holy Spirit and the spiritual realm. Too many that don't recognize how essential the Spirit is to us living our life for Christ. Too many who are numb to what's happening in and through the Spirit. This is why God has given us spiritual senses. Now, I've never read this concept, this series that I'm going to be doing. I've never read it anywhere. That doesn't mean that someone else hasn't thought of this or wrote about it, but I've not read it. And so in some sense, this is kind of new to me as I step into this. We're not new, but um, it's original with me, in my mind at least. The idea that we have been given spiritual senses that mirror our physical senses right? We have, you know, the, the ability to touch, right? And hear and to see and to smell and to taste. Those are our five physical senses. Well, when you are born again, you receive the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, you also receive five spiritual senses. And these spiritual senses, just like our physical senses, are meant to help us to interpret and respond to the world around us. Physical senses, you know, when we see something, it tells us, you know, tells our brain what's going on around us. You know, if there's a a baseball coming at our face, we're going to either put up our glove to catch it or move out of the way or use the bat to hit it, right? Whatever. Like we need that sense of sight in order to know what's happening and how to respond. The fact is, I think too many of us as Christians, especially those of us who have grown up in the evangelical uh, flavor of Christianity, have never recognized that we have spiritual senses in order to perceive the spiritual world. And because of that, all we do is try to understand and interpret spiritual things with our physical senses. But these physical senses, while they do give us some idea, they are just small portions of what is really going on. And it leads to us misinterpreting over and over again what God is doing and what the whole, how the Holy Spirit is moving. 
And like our physical senses, these senses need to be developed over time. We've got a couple new grandbabies in our life, which is super fun. And those little babies, they, you know, you know, their eyes, I can't see too far at the beginning, right? When they're first born, you know, they've only, you know, it's like you got to get your face right in there, your big nose right in there so they can see you, right? You know, otherwise they're, they're kind of like, you know, everything's just a blur. But as they get older, as they mature, that sight improves and improves and improves. And then it gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, same with spiritual senses, right? The spiritual senses, we need to develop them over time. It is my belief that without these senses, we don't really understand what Jesus is doing and what is true around us. Without developing these senses, we will misinterpret the spiritual realities that are happening and thereby respond in ways that are not appropriate. 2 Corinthians, I think I have this on the screen, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18, so we do not lose heart. Though the outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We have to figure out a way to be able to sense the things that are unseen so that we can more fully Enjoy our walk with Jesus. So let's dive in. I know a long introduction. It's all right. The rest of it's going to be short. <laughs> you don't know me. First of all, we have to, I think, understand again at the beginning of this, the realities of the Holy Spirit and his work. First of all, God is spirit. John 4, 23 and 24. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. We cannot deny the spiritual realities of our world because the one who we worship is spirit. And he calls us to worship him, not just in truth, but in spirit. I mentioned this a little bit earlier ago, but here, let's read the passage. John 3, verses 1 to 8. Here's the first four verses, and then we'll go on to the next. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher. Come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Next slide. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. And here's that verse that really messes with our minds. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. 
We need to understand, again, we cannot deny the spiritual realities because we are born into the spirit. We are born in spirit and flesh and water, right? We are born both. This is the second birth that happens. When we give our life to Christ, we get reborn. We get born into the spiritual realities of our world. And we receive the Holy Spirit. This one I don't have on the screen. It's a little bit of a longer passage, so I'll just read it from here. But it's 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 16. But, it, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we part this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but he himself is to be judged by no one, for who has understood the mind of the Lord, so as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Throughout Scripture, the Spirit is revealed over and over and over again. The God who we worship is spirit. We are born into the spirit. We are given the spirit of God. The spirit is everywhere. Why are we denying him? Why are we rejecting him? Why are we ignoring him? These are theological truths. They're not just experiential truths. What is the work of the Spirit? All kinds of stuff. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Everyone knows it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is past. Behold, the new has come. The Spirit transforms us. It creates a new, whole new creation. That born again into the Spirit thing. Like, we're totally changed. We're totally different. Because of the Holy Spirit's work. He comes in and he does that work in us. John 16, 7 to 11. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, Jesus says, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin? Because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness? Because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment? Because the ruler of this world is judged. Jesus told his disciples, like, it's a bad thing that I'm leaving. I know you want me to be here so that you can, you know, snuggle with me, hang out with me, eat with me, all that kind of stuff, but it's better that I go because when I go, then the Holy Spirit comes who will then guide you into all the truth. And that's what comes in after this, is that Jesus is communicating through the Holy Spirit to us so that we can understand his words in Scripture, so that we can understand what God is saying in the moment, so that we can understand where he's guiding and leading us in, 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 in no matter what the situation. 
Second Timothy 1.7, another famous passage about the Spirit. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. <laughs> there are so many of us who are living defeated lives. Because we deny the Holy Spirit's power. We deny the fact that he can step in and he can change our circumstances in a moment. The reality is we have to understand this, right? The whole, you know, some of us kind of step back and we say, okay, God, you can do whatever you want. But you understand like that, that's not enough. I mean, God can do what he wants. I, I, maybe I don't want to put him in that box, but he is not, God is not one who is going to force himself on us. He is not going to force his way into our world. And so we have to recognize this reality that we have to be open to his Holy Spirit working. We need to like be willing for him to come in and do something different in our life. We need to sometimes even ask him, Lord, will you come in and deal with this situation? Will you empower me? Give me strength. Give me knowledge. Give me wisdom. Give me discernment. Give me understanding. Help. I need you right now to do something crazy because I can't do it on my own. Acts 1.8. Talk about empowerment. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. We don't do evangelism on our own. We don't do ministry on our own. Yeah, and this is the reality. Again, we have too many Christians that have been living their lives doing ministry and service and evangelism under their own power, under their physical senses only. That's the only way they operate. And that is not the way we should operate because it is the Holy Spirit who gives us power to evangelize. It's Holy Spirit who's already been working in Garrett's life, who I sat next to on the plane. He set that up. It wasn't me. I had nothing to do with that. Even the words that I spoke out of my mouth wasn't me physically. It was the Holy Spirit stepping in and giving me what I needed in the moment. Are we living that way? Are we evangelizing that way? We have to understand this reality that the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us for all things to be holy, to be righteous, to be good, to be servants, to be evangelists. He's the one who empowers us. And if we deny the Spirit, how are we empowered? 1 Corinthians 12, 7. It's of course, famous chapter about the gifts of the Spirit. We won't get into that in this series, and we won't get into it this morning, other than to say this one verse, to each is given the manifestation of the, of the Spirit for the common good. Every one of us has the Holy Spirit. And he is able to work in and through all of us. Every one of us. Are we open? And I think here's the reality as well. He is already working in many of us, but we just don't see it. Because we haven't developed our spiritual senses. Matter of fact, I think this is a reality, especially when it comes to hearing God's voice. I think all of us are hearing God's voice. But we talk about it differently and some of us would never describe it as God's voice. But again, we got to develop the spiritual senses. We got to develop our ear so that we can understand when, the go when God's voice, when he's speaking. 
course, Galatians 5, and 23, the fruit of the Spirit. I don't have that on screen, but we know the fruit of the Spirit as well. These are the reality. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. All of these things we're missing out on if we don't have the Spirit or if we're ignoring the Spirit or if we're numb to the Spirit. We're missing out on the fact that He has recreated us, that we are different than we used to be. That the sinful life that we used to live by flesh is gone. It's, 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 it's been defeated, okay? We have now a new creation, a Holy Spirit who's within us to live out that righteousness that we long for, that Jesus bestowed upon us on the cross. We're missing out on the truth of what's happening around us. We are misinterpreting the clues, the realities of what the Holy Spirit is doing because we're ignoring or numb to the Holy Spirit. We're missing out on the Spirit's power, on the ability to love others in a whole new way, and the ability to control our behaviors, to have a sound mind. We're missing out on being empowered for evangelism. We're missing out on the Holy Spirit manifesting us in in ways that allow us to bless our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're missing out on the fruit that come from that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. So in regards to spiritual things, the reality is, is the God we worship is spirit. When we become a Christian, we are born into the spirit and we have the spirit of God within us. The work of that spirit then begins to work in and through our lives. And then we are instructed to live by the spirit. This is what we're called to. Jesus didn't call his disciples. Why does Jesus tell him to wait? He ascends to the Father. Why does he say wait? Because they can't do it without the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. And we need to learn how to walk with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 14, and 15. This whole chapter is amazing, of course. Everybody knows Romans 8 is amazing, right? Uh, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Let's just stop right there. We just, that's all we need. All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Are you led by the Spirit of God? Question. For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Galatians 5.25, I don't have that on the, on the screen either, but it also talks about how we need to be in step with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, I have that on the screen. Do not get drunk with wine, <clears throat> for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this, this verse kind of creates all kinds of tension. <laughs> what does it mean to be filled by the Spirit? I thought when, as soon as we get born again, we're born in the Spirit. We have the, We do. You're right. The moment you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in, creates a new, you are, Holy Spirit is within you. You have the Spirit, but the question is, are you filled with the Spirit? Are you allowing the Spirit to have control of your life? Are you living according to the Spirit? First Thessalonians 5.19, kind of mentioned this earlier as well, but this is kind of on the opposite side. Don't quench the Spirit. And I, and I think this, for some of us, is that, that should be a challenging verse. If we've cut ourselves off from spiritual things, 
then I think we, we should be concerned about this verse. Not that it means that we're going to be condemned and all that. No, no, no. That's, that's, this is not a salvation issue. But I think it should at least challenge us to think, hey, what, what else is out there I'm missing? All right. Worship team, why don't you come on up? I'm going to kind of say some, say some closing things here. But Sensing the Spirit is, I think, essential to living the Christian life. We must develop our spiritual senses so that we are aware of our God, who is Spirit. Without spiritual sen- senses, we cannot fully feel the presence of God, see the work of God, hear the voice of God, smell the truth of God, or taste the goodness of God. But before sensing the Spirit, we need to be born again. So that we have the Spirit. We're born into the Spirit. But more than that, we need to know there is such a thing as a Spirit who leads us, who reveals Himself, and who empowers us. While all believers have received the Spirit, not all of us have embraced the truth of the spiritual realm in which we now exist. Despite being fully indwelt by the Holy Spirit, some of us have limped through life, wallowing about in the muck and the mire. Some of us are only able to see from a three-dimensional perspective with our physical senses. We don't realize that there's a whole new perspective that has freely been given to us through which we are able to soar above the clouds and see a beauty that exists beyond our imaginations. Some of us are fighting frivolous physical battles that can only be won in the spiritual realm. Some of us are filled with shame over our physical failures while spiritual rewards are left unclaimed. Some of us are weighed down by a faith dependent on physical manifestations and unable to recognize the powerful provisions of the Holy Spirit. If that is you, There's good news. There's more to the Christian life. So much more. You are not merely a physical being. If you are born again, you are physical and spiritual. You have access to the Spirit of God because He lives in you. The Spirit is always working, and He longs for you to know and to experience Him. He seeks to guide you, to reveal truth to you, and to empower you. Will you open your heart? Will you open your mind? Will you open your body to the work of the Holy Spirit? Don't be afraid. 
is good. Don't cling to your logic. He is true. Don't settle for the tangible only. He is spirit. And his spirit lives inside you. Two questions I want to leave us with this morning and, and call you to respond to. First question. Are you born again? Now, you're here, so you've been born. <laughs> but there's a second birth that needs to happen. And it's that second birth that opens up a whole new world for us. That opens up the spiritual realm. If you've not been born again this morning, I want to call you this morning to come together. Come, come forward. We want to pray with you. We want you to. We, we, we want you to be born again this morning. There's no time. Don't wait. Here's the reality, right? Like the fact, if you don't know Jesus and you're in this room right now, if you've never been born again and you're in this room right now, don't miss the fact that the God of the universe, who is sovereign and knows all things for all time and for all history knew exactly that you would be in this room at this time, knew exactly that I would be giving this message and making this call right now. And so if that is you, if you have never been born again, you don't have the spirit inside you yet, and you're in this room, understand that Jesus is calling you right now. He's saying now's the time. So if that's you, I want you to come forward in a moment. When I step down, we go into some more worship. Second question. Are you filled with the Spirit. Again, we as Christians, if you bow your knee to Jesus as Lord, we have the Holy Spirit. He dwells within us. Are you filled with Him? The start of this series on spiritual senses, if we're going to get anything out of what's to come, we have to be filled with the Spirit. Otherwise, everything I'm going to teach over the next five weeks is going to seem heretical to you. It's going to be outside of your boxes, and you're going to have a hard time hearing it. But if you're willing to come forward and say, no, I need to be filled with the Spirit, or if you're already filled with the Spirit, praise the Lord, you're ready for this. It's going to be great. So at the beginning of the series, I want to call you. I want you to call. I, I don't understand how this works. Trust me. I, I, we're going to, uh, I don't, do I have Acts 19, Sean? Acts 19. This is a crazy story in Acts. Uh, and it happened that, the Apollo, that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. Then he found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no. We've not even heard that there is such a thing as the Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And then the next through, and Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in you was the, excuse me, believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. The reality is there's Christians who have accepted Jesus as Lord but maybe they need a new filling or a filling, an anointing of the Holy Spirit, which can come with laying, and it's not magical. Again, I, some of you, you're freaking out already. Like, oh my gosh, what are you saying? <laughs> it's okay. Let's explore this together. Will you risk it? If you're not filled by the Holy Spirit, if he doesn't have control of your life, if you've been ignoring him, what's, let's, let's take a risk together. Come forward. 
Let somebody in our prayer team lay their hands on you and pray that you would receive a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit today. So that's two questions. If you've never been born again, today's the day. Come forward. We'd love to pray with you. If you need a fresh anointing or if you have never sensed that you were filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to come forward as well, that we can pray for you. May his will be done. Jesus is in control. May he come and move and work. The Holy Spirit is here. He's speaking even now. Holy Spirit, do your thing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing goodness to us. Thank you that you, once again, making your presence known among us. Lord, I'm always amazed. I don't know why I shouldn't be. Just always amazed when you make your, your presence so real and so tangible and, and move in ways that are so amazing. You're so gentle and you're so good. And Lord, thank you that you've given us your spirit, Lord, that we don't have to walk in the old ways anymore. There's a whole new way to live that you've given us a higher perspective, a different perspective. The rest of the world is stuck just with physical senses. That's the only thing they have to interpret the world. But we've got this Holy Spirit that reveals to us the deeper things, the higher things. Certainly your mind is not ours. You don't think the way we think. Your ways are not our ways. And so what do we do? The only hope we have is if your spirit opens our hearts and our minds and our lives to what you're doing so that we can join you in it. Lord, I thank you for choosing to move in this church in 2023. Thank you for the things that you've done, the healings, the deliverances, the salvations, Lord. All of that is because you get all the glory. Thank you for letting us to be a part of that. And Lord, we want more. We want you to continue to come and move and have your way in us. Continue to allow us to experience more of who you are. Continue to reveal to us more of what is really happening in our world. Continue to empower us to join you in the work that you're doing and building and strengthening your kingdom. Lord, we need you every day. We can't get by without your Holy Spirit. Every day, every moment of the day. So, Lord, come and move. Do something similar to what you did in the first century, but, Lord, I, I sense you're going to do more than even this. Yes. Acts chapter 2, Peter's great sermon. And in the last days, he quotes Joel, in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall turn to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes. That great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Jesus' name, amen. Church, uh, maybe you're still stirred and you, you need to still come for prayer or, or maybe you're fighting it and you, know, you don't want to come forward for prayer. Whatever it is, we want to keep this room open for people to continue to respond to whatever the Lord is saying right now to you. And so if that's you, I just want to encourage you to stay. We're going to do some more songs for worship so you can continue to worship in here. Uh, if you're, uh, you need to get out into the fellowship hall and talk to somebody and that's where the Lord is leading you, then encourage you to do that. Head out there um, and have some great conversations, encouraging conversations with others. Uh, if you need prayer, again, come forward. We're still up here. We're waiting. We'd love to pray for you. Church, I love you all. May God bless you. Have a great Sunday.